We're floating like butterflies and stinging like bees. Rumble, you badass jet pilots, rumble. Hi, welcome to the Wingman Show. My name is Drew Brown. We hope to inspire, entertain, and learn something so we can all make this world a better place for our children. I'd like to introduce to you somebody who's my friend, my wingman, my main man, and I have a wingman watching my back, Dr. Paul Thompson. Hey, Paul, what's happening? Oh, not much. Hello, everyone. I'm Paul Thompson, and you just heard from Mr. Drew Brown, Dark Gable. He's the American dream. He's the man, the myth, the legend, the pilot's pilot, the role model's role model, and most importantly, his royal fullness. How are you doing today, Mr. Dark Gable? I'm doing great, and I'm glad I'm full of knowledge, Paul. I'm glad I'm full of knowledge. Well, we're going to have a great show right now. Check this out. Dr. Paul, Dr. Paul, Dr. Paul, do I have something to tell you? I hope it's something good because I want to hear something exciting. It's very exciting. Look, I'm goofy. My favorite wingman, Dr. Paul Thompson, went to Orlando with his grandchildren or grandchild and family, and he got me a goofy shirt and pants that I am proudly wearing for the show. Very good. Very good. You'll, you're edified, dignified, solidified, and probably petrified. And goofy. And goofy. Very much. <laughs> goofy. You're, 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 you're the opposite of goofy. Well, I was riding my Peloton today. Um, you know, Katrina and I, we work out on Peloton. We love it, actually. Peloton's yeah. saving our life. And after I was riding, I thought about this. You told me you have a wingman story. You want to just say something about it? Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, I'd lead it off. This is an interesting wingman story, and I admit I should have known about this a long time ago, but it was I learned it later in life. And basically, the point is that sometimes even people who have a lot of differences can have a common destiny. Oh, okay. And you'll see. I that. can't wait. You'll see that. I can't wait. Look, looking good. Well, let's start off this this show with. My mother-in-law. <laughs> oh, it's funny when I hear that back. Okay, my mother-in-law. Anyway, she's eighty-six years old, and as and she's an eighty-six-year-old wonderful woman who's losing some of her mental capabilities, like most eighty-six-year-old people. Nothing abnormal. Well, her phone, because of these new technologies. She's getting spam calls. She doesn't really know how to work the phone. I got her a flip phone, the lowest in technology, and she's still having trouble with it. She had so much trouble with it. She just couldn't take it anymore. And she went to Walmart. And at Walmart, they sold her an iPhone Pro 13. Now, remember, she can't work a flip phone. Now they're selling her a smartphone. They signed her up. Listen to this, Dr. Paul. They signed her up with a fake email, and I'll get back to that. But they actually sold her a phone knowing full well that she can't operate this phone. And the girl who sold it to her gave a fake email and didn't tell her what the pin was. When she brought it home, you know, we were like, what are you kidding? So Katrina went and took it back and took all day to return it. Come to find out the girl who gave the fake email. You know what she said? And no. she wasn't scared about it. 
She said uh, she didn't have an email, so I just made one up. I gave her my email, and I changed one number. I'm saying all that because what a lack of education knowing, number one, you can't just give people email addresses. Number two, with our elderly, my my mother-in-law don't even know how to work email. We're having a real problem with technology and our elderly. And you and I are in the actual age range where we were just the beginning of the computing age. And right. we started learning it. And we, we're pretty good at it, actually. But right at, before us, they're horrible at it. And look, they don't want to learn. And this world is now coming to technology. Paul, I got a letter. Do you remember when you... Your bills come and it says, would you like to be paperless? Would you like to be paperless? Would you like to yes. be paperless for the past five years? Right. Well, guess what? My bank just told me you are now paperless, right. whether I like it or not. Right. Dr. Paul, what do we do with our elderly and technology? How do we fix this problem? And what do you think about it? Well, first, I'm sorry your mother-in-law got ripped off. Basically, it sounds like somebody, not an education thing, but somebody just wanted to make a sale by any means necessary. Uh, she's probably compensated that way. So make give you know she can't operate a flip phone. Give her an iPro iPhone Pro 13. That's kind of like somebody who never took flying lessons and you want them to land a space shuttle first time. <laughs> first time, you know, yeah, it's five miles long. It's in Florida. You know, patch on the back, and you know we're or all counting on you. That's that's kind of cruel. I mean, that's almost like a cruel joke, really. She mm-hmm. might have been joking afterwards. Folks do that kind of thing. I hate to interrupt, but they told her the iPhone doesn't get spam calls. I mean, they actually sold this idea because, you know, the iPhone does um, stop the spam calls. But my point is, she was like, I have to have it. And the lady didn't even show her how to use it or anything else. I'm sorry, Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she she wanted to make a sale. She wanted to make a sale. Maybe she, she saw somebody that, oh, this is a sale and no one will come back. But you came back. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of folks who don't. We just just don't have it together. You know, my mother, before she passed, she was 87, but she uh, she did email and she kept she, you know, she was the one that always studied. And it was just like a little bit of a struggle early on, but she could do what she needed to do. If she were around now, she would probably be able to do it. I have a father in law uh, that's that's in his 90s. He can do a lot of stuff. Of course, he was always technical. So a lot of it is uh, rapid changes. Many people were not technical. The, the world is very different now. Uh, even cutting grass, you got all these battery-powered things. I, you know, started building my muscles just with the push mower and nothing electrical at all. I thought motorized and computerized stuff was magic. And if you're old enough, that that's where you want to stay. You stay in the comfort zone. That's the thing about getting old. You get a pattern. You want to stay in that pattern. I don't want to hear no mess. I'm I'm like that too now about some things. Me too. You know, for for better and for worse. But you you have to. And she's lucky that she has someone younger. You're not that young, but you guys are younger. They can say, No, no, no. This is not right. I can correct it. And my kids do that with with me with us too. Because sometimes our iPhones are not optimized either. And they'll say, What do you got all this up here? Okay, I'll I'll fix it. It's like trouble. Right. Technical service that they're visiting. And they give it back to you. You know, it's like magic. Like guy Both of balloons. our sons are very technical and could go boop, 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 boop. Yeah, like they're making balloons at the fair. You know, I can make right. it a, a giraffe. Okay, here it is. Don't and touch it. And it looks like they don't want to tell you what they're doing either. So they can it takes kinda... too long. They can, it takes too long. <laughs> they can do it and eat a pizza 
in less time than explain to you what they did. So that's right. that's the way it's going to be. But that's just this, the technology just moves so quickly. And I'll just as an aside, a couple of days ago, I was in a big box store. I don't I won't mention it. It's nothing bad. But uh, they were cleaning the floors, big section. You know, you got those, you know, those Zamboni machines they used to clean the, the ice hockey skating rinks. rinks, hockey rinks. Yeah. Yes. Well, this was kind of like a Zamboni machine that was cleaning the floor, but there was nobody in it. It was about half the size of it. And it's technology. They had a steering wheel. The wheel was going. There's nobody there. It's like an invisible man. And if it got near a, an object or a person, it would stop, wait, clear, then resume. It was early in the morning. Very few people in the store. It's there. So, you know, even the sweep up, you know, they could say, you know, we don't need anybody to do these things. You better have your stuff together. So this is, you know, you talked about education earlier. More of a reason to stop messing around. You better be doing something. Because even the simplest jobs are going to be done by simple or complex robots. Mm-hmm. Don't, you know, don't get sick, show up, no health care them, all that other stuff. Yeah. You what happens when that. McDonald's gives you automatic hamburgers and they don't even need you there? That's right. Anyway. Time for a PSA. Time for a PSA. If you are not planning on getting a four-year college degree, whether you're in high school now or you're out of high school already, if you're not going to college and getting a degree, get out today because McDonald's needs you. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. Minimum wage living sucks. That's a PSA from Neumann Show. Agreed. Dr. Paul, one thing you said that I do want to comment on, you said your parents and grandparents and you, you know where you come, you come from the East. My mother-in-law comes from Mississippi. It's a total different educational mindset. Yes. Down where she came. She grew up picking cotton, Paul. Yes. You know, it's, it's just totally different. You know, we grew up in the, we grew up in the North, believe it or not, you know, in 1964, the civil rights just started and I was nine years old and I never knew that you couldn't, that they had separate bathrooms because I come from New York. I never saw anything like that. That uh-huh. to me, that's like old movies, but I want to get back to education real quick. The girl who gave her the fake emails, the reason why it wasn't totally, well, first of all, she walked out of the store after they found out what she did and she quit. But, but the reason why she said that she gave them bad emails. She wasn't trying to hide that. She said, I never were trained and I couldn't get the sale through unless I gave them an email. So we're talking about this education thing. I was in China and a very good friend of mine saw four buildings as big as football fields, big factory buildings. He said he went inside. Somebody took him inside one of them. And there were only four people working. Everything else were robots. Everything else was robots. So what, what you said, what I just said is that minimum wage is going to go away soon. And they're not going to need you because there's no sexual harassment. There's no HR. There's no days off. There's no sick. There's no, first of all, you are training uneducated people, which are hard to do for minimum wage jobs, just like the Walmart girls. Nobody even told her that you can't make up an email. And she wasn't smart enough to know that you're not allowed to do things like that. That's mm-hmm. kind of what I'm saying, Dr. Paul. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's rough out here. Getting worse. Yes. And guess what's getting rougher? Omicron. The new variant from COVID. 
And so now we're going to take this in another direction. And we're going to take this that uneducated people are now going to start dying because of a lack of education, where it used to be if you were uneducated, your life just sucked usually. Usually, if you had a minimum wage job, like I said, your life wasn't great. But now that's going to be gone. Because Omicron, the new variant, this, I believe that this is the start of people not wanting to get vaccinated are going to start disappearing. They're going to get sick. After a period of time, these people are not going to be here. So the survival of the fittest is really going to be the survival of the smartest. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Paul? Yeah, I think that's that's likely. Uh, you know, being dumb, I saw the thing saying that being uneducated now is more or as threatening to your life as being a smoker. Wow, that's good, Doctor. Uh, you know, I like I like to take credit for it, but you know, I, I read it a couple of days ago. You know, there are a lot of folks who just don't want to know. And the problem with these variants, I think this Omicron, it's got like 50 variants itself. Correct. But it does, you know, uh, and I don't, that's not going to go away. I think what's going to happen is that you're going to be getting a, a seasonal COVID shot, like a seasonal flu shot, or maybe they'll roll them into one. 100% yes. You know, more than, more than likely. I mean, this this is not going away because you get too many now, with people who, who who won't get vaccinated, a lot of people can't get vaccinated in the so-called third world and other places. It's not happening quick enough, so you're going to have more variants. The World Health Organization called this very serious. And guess what Israel did? Boop, locked their doors. Nobody in, nobody out. No foreign visitors allowed in our country. Morocco, the same thing, and Japan just did it. You cannot come into Japan anymore if you're a foreigner. They're taking this very seriously. Also, you know, the, the ignorant or whatever, people act really crazy. And there's a kind of like an oppositional disorder that a lot of folks have, and they'll react to it. I read recently there was a uh, lady in Melbourne, Australia. She was quarantined. She came from somewhere. They put her in a quarantine hotel. And she got a little bit upset, got pissed. And she started a fire under her bed. It burned down the hotel. What? Yes. <laughs> it was just a few days ago. You know, uh, I know there are riots in Europe. There are, you know, there are mandates coming down here and there. Oh, yeah. Austria. It's a countrywide mandate. You have to be vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not a know, choice. Yeah. Well, you know, and there's going to be, you know, mm -hmm. folks that resist. They resist everything. But I think now that you have so many technical things happening even diseases are technical a lot of them they can't handle the basic stuff so now it's as though mentally they can't handle a flip phone and they're getting the iphone 13 pro or then then someone's taking it away you don't need that or you shouldn't have that then they react they're fighting you you know they're fighting the wrong battle well i think you know they're going to disappear I believe so, too. And let's talk about this Omicron just a little bit, because it's coming from South Africa and America, I think, closed their doors to five or six countries in Africa. Right. A lot of people in South Africa. This is really important about education. Also, education is just not given. Some people can't even get an education or some people, their life experiences are their education. Well, the reason 
that South Africa has just turned down more vaccines is because they have 16 million already in storage. There are 60 million people there, and South Africans are very scared of taking the vaccine. And you look at and you say, well, they're not educated. That's not true. The truth is the last time their relatives or their grandparents or great-grandparents their stories in their villages are the last time they took a vaccine. The Germans back in the 1900s, they deliberately gave people smallpox, typhus, tuberculosis. They injected these Africans as test animals. And so when your great-great-grandmother says, if you don't do anything else, just don't get a vaccine, that's all you know. So there's a reason for the South Africans, the people in, in the bush, to not get vaccines. They're really scared of the European science because the last time that happened, they got screwed. Yeah, there's a history of that because you're talking about maybe other places, but I'm thinking about uh, Namibia. Namibia was a German colony, and that's where they did that. That actually uh, preceded the Holocaust. That's where they perfected the what they did in Germany. That was they the tested test on black, people's what, yes. black people but, what they did to Jews. That's fact. That's fact. And I think uh, there was some kind of a reparations bill they were talking about or doing. That's that's in, in the works here between the German government and uh, Namibia. And I think they tur- turned down the first offer. I don't know the specifics of it, but that's fact. Those little, little history pieces I didn't get in school. Wow. Well, can I read off a couple of countries and tell you how many people are vaccinated? In China, 88% of the people in China are vaccinated. They're saying 60% in the U.S. Japan has, I think, 82%. People, Nigeria has 3%, Ethiopia, 7%, Egypt, 13%, India, 50%. The U.S., I just told you, was 60%. China has the most because you don't have a choice in China. In the beginning, when this COVID thing started, I saw Chinese policemen capturing people in the street, civilians with nets and pulling them inside because they were outside during uh, those restrictions of COVID. Yeah. And I think sub-Saharan Africa has the lowest rate. Uh, In a lot of places, you just can't get to them. No, and I think this vaccine thing, you know, we both got boosters and mm-hmm. we're doing pretty good with our boosters. And you asked me how long is the booster going to last until I get my next booster. All right. I think that's the answer. I think that's the answer. I wouldn't so, be surprised to see him every once a year, every six months, maybe, or whatever. Right. So now, now I wore this goofy shirt. Can you tell me a little bit about your trip to Disney World that you just yeah, took your family on? Yeah, Disney was great. We drove down there. It was a nice drive. In fact, it's my first trip trip in, what, two years. And uh, we went down, you know, full vehicle, took about, with stops, about seven hours. Uneventful. Weather was beautiful. Accommodations were nice. It was a little cooler than usual. Uh, And some stuff was cheap and some stuff was very expensive. So you had to watch yourself. We did Disney and we did Universal. Uh, I actually I like uh, the Universal Universal theme park a little bit better. Disney was okay, but again, uh, there's still a labor shortage because one thing that got our attention is you know they have those trams 
It would take you from the parking level or parking area to the uh, to the main venue. Yes. Those trams were parked. They weren't working at any of the Disney theme parks. They didn't have, they have people to drive them? I don't think so. And all wow. the uh, the Disney workers, people dressed up. I didn't see any of those. Nobody was out. So if you needed directions and stuff, you had to look. You need to go to the place with the selling ice cream. I think they have a, a, a labor shortage. Did you have to wear a mask in Disney? Yes, if you were inside. Any inside thing, they were big on that. You had to have a mask <laughs> on inside. At Universal, they weren't big on that at all. I mean, they might they might have mentioned it like once. Disney was like about every 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 place, absolutely every wow. place inside. How were the lines? Lines uh, for some of the rides were, were were pretty long. We did a really good one. Um, it was a mission to Mars, and I think they put us in a centrifuge. That was pretty good. Really, that was a very that was I was impressed with that one. It was like yeah, it wasn't a full roller coaster, but it was probably about seventy five percent as good as a as a roller coaster. It was just inside. You landed on Mars and you were doing the mission. I was I was impressed. I mean, you were kind of you were pulling the G's there for a while too. Got to wow. about a good, a, a good three, three or four. I said, "How are they doing?" It had to be had to be a centrifuge. They moved you thought you were was, back in your A seven? A little bit, yeah, yeah. That was good. And uh, Jurassic Park at the Universal, that was very, very nice. I like that. But they uh, maybe they pay more because they had more people out. You know, Paul. I have a granddaughter now, and I'm about to have another grandchild. And nobody told me this, but it's changed my life. I had no idea having grandchildren was this incredible. It's almost like a secret that just popped up. But being a grandparent's a lot different than being a parent. Yes. Your grandson just came from the Philippines here, and you haven't seen him in a while. He's staying with you now. How do you like being a grandparent? Well, it's uh, it's 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 interesting. It's a it's a different challenge because you're sometimes like an, an intermediary with between the parent and the, and the child, which is different because the the intermediary is, is your child, which is very is it's, I don't know how to describe it, but uh, you know he's adjust. He's been here about a month now and uh, started school and getting into the flow, and he's adjusting adjusting quite well actually. Uh, for somebody's just five years old, I'll tell you what. Grownups are starting to piss me off anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, they think too much, and there's too yeah. much evil in them. And children are just wonderful. Yeah, and there's something about a, a child's genuine laughter that's nice. Where a child gets to be a child, yeah, you know, without gunshots ringing out and worried about you know everything around the corner, you can just be normal. Well, you know, I always said this. You ever seen a two, three, four-year-old just turn around in circles, just dancing by themselves? That's endorphins. And that's what these drugs try to stir up in a lot of people to make them happy again. And these kids are happy naturally. Yes, 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 yes. yes. It's a great thing to be a kid. I don't want to grow up. Grown-ups suck to me. Yes, yeah. Well, I I can tell by your shirt. Yeah, (laughs) because my friend made me goofy. Yes, exactly. Well, Paul, you told me you had a wingman story, and you didn't tell me what it was earlier when we uh, did some work for the show. So I'm looking very much forward to hearing your wingman story. Okay, well, here it is. You may have heard you may have heard of this. You may have heard the names, but we're going to talk to wingman today. There's a couple of gentlemen, Thomas Hudner and Jesse Brown, Jesse L. Brown. 
Thomas Hudner was a graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy. I uh, grew up, I believe, in Fall River, Massachusetts. Jesse L. Brown came from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. You mentioned Mississippi before. Jesse L. Brown was the first Navy, first black Navy pilot. What? This is during the Korean War. He was a fighter pilot. He was in, they were in the squadron together, and they were flying off the USS Leyte, L-E-Y-T-E, during the Korean War. And I think it was Fighter Squadron 32, and they're flying the F4U Corsair. The F4U mm-hmm. Corsair, not the A7 Corsair, the F4U Corsair. We had the gull wings, kind of like an F4 fan on the gull wings. Mm-hmm. I think called a dihedral, dihedral wings. And uh, mainstay fighter for the World War II for the uh, Navy and the Marine Corps. Well, one day they went out on a mission. They had a number of missions. And this was over the uh, Chosen Reservoir. They call it the Frozen Chosen. And the Marines were getting uh, pummeled by Chinese troops coming in. And it was in the middle of winter. Very, very tough situation. But long story short, Jesse Brown's plane got hit. Now, I'm not going to go into how he was treated in flight training and all that other stuff. You can use your imagination. No, maybe they can't use their imagination, Dr. Paul, because you and I weren't treated that much better. Well, well, yeah, I, I was treated better than this. Long, long story short, you know, when he was, he, he caught, you know, a lot of help from everybody, you know, in, including uh, black stewards who were mess men. They worked in the mess. Mm-hmm. It went everywhere. He got, he got no breaks, but he survived. He did, did well, obviously. And uh, I'll get you, I can get you a picture of him, you know, walking on, on flight deck of the carrier. Oh yeah. If you're watching YouTube right now, you're going to see a picture. Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll, we'll jump some pictures. But in any case, you know, they went on this mission one day. They're supporting the Marines and uh, the Chosen Reservoir. Get a little backstory where they were going, trying to take this reservoir. Chinese troops would pass the uh, Yalu River. They're coming down into Korea. The Marines are kind of in a, in a pass and in a bad situation, outnumbered probably, I don't know, 10 to 1, 12 to 1. And they needed close air support to have any chance just to retreat. So they're on this mission to search and destroy uh, targets. Long story short, one of the missions they're in there, and uh, Jesse Brown's plane got hit. Leaking fuel, leaking oil, lost oil pressure. He ends up crashing, you know, I guess controlled controlled crash into the side of a mountain. His mm-hmm. wingman, this Thomas Hudner, saw this. Saw him, you know, saw him on the ground, saw him waving and decided that he needed help. He, he was he was stuck in the airplane. He was, he was still in the airplane. He basically lands his airplane. What? He la- yeah, he lands his airplane, wheels up landing, and he gets out of his airplane and tries to extricate Jesse Brown from his airplane, but he can't. His legs are trapped inside the uh, inside the plane. He goes back to his plane, gets on the radio, calls for help. They send in, a, you know, I guess there's other planes above. Basically, a rescue helicopter comes in. Uh, the area is so remote that the enemy couldn't really get to him right away. So they send a rescue helicopter in, and the helicopter guys come out, and they try to help him, try to get him out. They can't get him out. And he's mm-hmm. losing consciousness. 
he's losing blood and know he's not not likely to make it and he says to hudner tell daisy that i love her daisy was his girlfriend that he married just before he went on the cruise um, so they leave they get in the, it's getting late because at that time they couldn't they couldn't they didn't fly at night so they had, they had to go back so hudner goes into the helicopter they fly back to the ship and there's the discussion on trying to go back to get him but they think that it's going to be too risky you're going to it's going to be a trap and they're going to lose more men more people and by this time they thought that he had he had probably died anyway given his condition because it said he just slumped over before they left so the decision was so to keep from his body and the airplane falling into enemy hands they gave him what they called a uh uh, a hero's salute and they flew back with seven airplanes they orbited overhead and they dropped napalm on the oh side. shit that? they dropped napalm to burn up everything and as they after they dropped the napalm they recited the lord's prayer on the radio okay this is a black man from mississippi his wingman hudner was a white guy from fall river massachusetts uh, I would say, you know, they should have made a movie about that. This happened on December 4, 1950. A few years later, there was a movie made called The Bridges of Tokori. One of yes. my favorites. I like it a lot. Started, I think, with William, old black and white movie. Maybe they colorized it with William Holden and Mickey Rooney mm-hmm. and Grace Kelly. You know, it was, I mean, it was middle America kind of thing. But obviously, it was based on that. But you wouldn't know that, but I always wondered why I was always attracted to that movie. I've watched it for you know 34 years. I didn't know about this until you know just a few years ago, and it doesn't you know no one mentioned it initially for Hudner you know who landed his airplane. They're talking about there's consideration of court martialing him for doing that, for losing an airplane. Why did you do that? You didn't have to go down. So he goes from court martial. He actually gets the Congressional Medal of Honor. I think he's mm. the first and only Navy pilot in the Korean War that got the Congressional Medal of Honor. Wow. Presented to him. And Jesse Brown got the Distinguished Flying Cross awarded posthumously by uh, Harry Truman to his wife, Daisy, years later. In 1972, they commissioned a ship and they named it after him, Jesse L. Brown. Wow. Thomas Hudner stayed in. He retired as a captain. Had a ship named after him in the early part of 2017. And he passed away uh, a few months later in the latter part of 2017. So the point being that, you know, workmates and people that you see in college or, or school or whatever, they can share a drink, share a few drinks and share a meal. But wingmen can share a common destiny. And I think right now, Jesse Brown and Thomas Hudner are wingmen once again. Oh, Dr. Paul, what a great story. Great story. And I got a great idea since I'm your wingman. You're an author. You should write the book. <laughs> I'm not kidding. What a story been, that was. Yeah. 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 Maybe I'll write a screenplay. We'll do a different movie. Sure. But, you know, I should know that, too. And I don't know that. 
there's there's history that we need to know that makes things a little bit brighter in the world because things are going to be all right, Dr. Paul. We're going to make it. That's what the Wingman Show is here for. The Wingman Show is here to show that when you take care of each other, you can make it. Yep. Up with hope. Down with negativity. Thank you once again, Dr. Paul Thompson, my friend. Thank you for your love, your time. And that's something that we won't ever get back. I want to thank all the listeners, too. Thank you so much for doing the show, Dr. Paul. We're jamming. Well, thank you, Mr. Drew, for inviting me on. Always good to talk to you. And ladies and gentlemen, please remember to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast or any of the podcasts. If you're looking at YouTube, uh, they say smash the like button. Don't smash it. Just press it gently and refer to use as a link to all your friends. You can also look at us on our website, wingmenshow.com, W-I-N-G-M-E-N, show, S-H-O-W.com, all together, wingmenshow.com. And we hope to see you in the future. Thanks again, Mr. Drew. Oh, you're welcome. And we're still floating like butterflies and stinging like bees. Rumble, you badass jet pilots, rumble. May there be peace on earth and goodwill towards all men and women. <laughs>